It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Owen. I'm joined by you guys. Uh, you guys are sitting here in my office. We are days away from Christmas, uh, and the Lakers just lost to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, today's show is going to be pretty straightforward, as as it usually goes with Sunday uh, shows or, or shows that I record on Sunday, especially ones that feature games. I'm going to talk a little bit about the game and then dive into your guys' questions. Also, I'd be remiss. Uh, not to talk about LeBron's injury, so we'll we'll kind of dive into that a little bit as best I can, given the amount of information that we currently have about it. Uh, we start, though, again, like I said, with the game. Obviously, the Lakers lost, as you would probably predict, uh, without LeBron James against a Denver team that has been playing better lately. Uh, it just it, they, they stuck around in the first half. I thought the Lakers played over their heads in the first half, especially in regards to energy. Uh, They had something like 19 uh, second-chance points in that first half, and, you know, that's not the kind of thing you can replicate over a long uh, period of time over the course of even an entire game. Uh, So the the way that the second half kind of played out wasn't all that shocking to me. I do do think Vogel... Uh, I kind of outsmarted himself with the uh, starting lineup that he went with, with LeBron out. I think he wanted Rondo out there to create some offense, which, you know, I kind of understand. I I, I see where he was going there. Uh, but then to also put Bradley out there with Rondo was something that I didn't quite understand. Uh, KCB has been shooting the ball really well, and Avery Bradley has not. I think I would have kept uh, KCP in that starting lineup to provide some spacing. And again, Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo just aren't the it aren't a combination that you want uh, to rely on at all this season if you're a Lakers fan. So those are those are you know a couple things that I thought you know it worked out okay in the first half because uh, Rondo got his hands on a couple steals and then you know hit a hit a three or a couple threes here and there and it kind of you know the the they were able to to tread water with that lineup but then in the second half i i just you know reality set in and and there you go uh regarding lebron though i think the the much bigger news here it's lebron and ad that are both going to be nursing injuries heading into this Christmas Day game. Uh, they have a couple days off, which is kind of, uh, which is nice, but it has reached a point, especially with Davis, uh, where you're starting to wonder, all right, do the do the Lakers actually need to kind of rein in, rein in their, their superstars here? Fortunately, LeBron uh, did not play uh, through injury last night by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, Davis, I think... So this is kind of the the, the deal with Davis. Uh, he does grimace. He does show pain quite a bit out there. Uh, but in, on three different occasions during the game, you saw Davis nurse some kind of tweak or 
um, some some kind of malady. Uh, obviously, his ankle for for a stretch here and there. Uh, he dunked and kind of grabbed his side, and he grabbed his hand once, and then uh, obviously the 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 one that really set me off was his uh, knee issue that he dealt with that the Lakers were already down like 20 plus points. Uh, they weren't coming back in the game and he kept playing anyway. And while he was out there, he was grabbing his knee. He was kind of limping, walking kind of gen- gingerly, wasn't making certain moves because of the, the knee. And it's just, it, it's reaching a point here and it cost LeBron a game now, uh, because Vogel said before the game last night that uh, LeBron suffered his injury against Indiana and then played through it against Milwaukee and then now was not good to go against Denver. So who knows how long he might miss. Uh, but you're, you're looking at this, this kind of trend where the Lakers are leaving it up to the players when and where they want to play and stuff, and, and that's not really how medicine works that you're you're supposed to step in from time to time and actually say no it's probably for the best if you sit down here and in in the fourth quarter when you're already down 20 plus points uh against a team that is very clearly and they very clearly had the upper hand and you see your superstar out there kind of limping and and tugging at his knee well that's where you gotta show some uh, show, show show some understanding of the situation and and bring that guy out. And I, I I thought Vogel handled that situation pretty poorly. And and this is now so Vogel before the last few games or so was I would say a coach of the year candidate. And uh, I'm not really impressed by what I've seen lately from Vogel, both rotation wise, uh, lineups wise, and then now with the way that he's handling injuries. Like, I, I get that he doesn't have much power in these situations, especially with LeBron and Anthony Davis, but you do at some point have to be a leader and and, and actually make a decision that helps a team. And in this case, you know, Les Rondo helps a team. And long-term, it helps the team to get Davis off the court so he can rest up and, and be good and be ready by the time the playoffs come around. So... Uh, it's it was it was tough to watch there. It's been tough to watch the last few games. The Lakers have now lost three in a row, and you know you don't you don't see many wins coming up in the next few days, uh, especially with LeBron potentially out for the foreseeable future, and and now Anthony Davis nursing another injury to add to the list for him. Uh, it might be a tough stretch here for the Lakers, and we're really going to find out a lot about. All right, what what does this team have? They've they've shown great chemistry when things were good. Now's when you really find out what kind of character the team has. And you know, to be fair, for the most part, we've seen the Lakers still exhibit you know the type of chemistry that they've bragged about all season. Uh, but you know, it's going to get tougher the the more these losses pile up and the more these injuries pile up. So definitely something to watch there. All right, we're going to take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to answer your questions. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, first question here comes from H Boss Lakers. Hey, Anthony and Pete. I just want to say that I, although I love Pete's comments, I do listen to the show. Uh, mainly because of Anthony, and since today I learned about the AB5 news, I decided to come and give my support. Really appreciate it. My question is, last Sunday, Anthony told us maybe a YouTube show is possibly coming up. Any news on that? Uh, Could it have been some kind of wages, like, for example, the loser gets uh, a wager? Like, for example, the loser eats pineapple pizza because that's really gross and only losers should do that. Best regards. Um, So... Regarding AB5, there's some things I need to iron out. Uh, I am going to focus or refocus myself on Patreon. Uh, it's just a matter of how I'm going to do that and and when I'm officially going to do that. This AB5 thing really threw everything for a loop. Um, and Vox's response to AB5 was even tougher to deal with than the law itself. Uh, so just in general, it's been, it's been a week. It's been quite a week. Uh, so, uh, once, once I, I have things figured out, uh, and I'm guessing it by the end of January, this should all be figured out and, and, and you guys will know exactly what the show is going to look like moving forward, uh, where more, you know, content Lakers content of mine, you're going to be able to find that all that good stuff that's going to be coming in the next few weeks or so. Um, regarding a wager or, or something like that, that, that Pete and I do, I mean, if, if you want the wager to be me uh, eating pineapple pizza for whatever wager or whatever bet I lost, then I will happily do that. Space Cowboy writes, love the show and been listening daily. Uh, time to find out which is stronger. Pete's hate for the Celtics. Oh, uh, I'm going to have to relay this question to Pete. As it's a hypothetical question regarding his fandom and how far his hatred of the Celtics will go. So uh, that'll be in the next show that he and I record together. Bruin Writer 78 writes, I love you, Anthony. In spite of your misguided hot takes, my first memory of Lakers basketball is being a little kid and watching Don Nelson's wrong-footed jump shot bounce off the back of the rim, go straight up, then fall through the net to clinch the nightmare Game 7 loss in the 1969 NBA Finals. My second most powerful memory of Lakers basketball was seeing McHale clothesline Ramis in 1984, a series the Celtics should have never won by playing basketball. For 30 years, a-hole Celtics fans regard this as their finest moments since 1980. Uh, They are evil in play, and there is no circumstance where you can make a deal with those devils. My question is, will you just let this one go before you are struck down by lightning for your blasphemy? You are totally and forever wrong, Pete. You are my spiritual son. I'm just I'm I'm always going to be practical. So if it benefits the Lakers to have the Celtics win a game, then I'm going to want the Lakers to benefit, to stand to benefits. Like if the Celtics need to win in order for the Lakers to sneak into the playoffs, I want the Lakers to get into the playoffs. And and therefore, if it takes the Celtics winning there, then then that's kind of how that's going to go. So uh yeah, I <clears throat> I I'm I'm mostly going to drop it. I'm going to keep bugging Pete about it because I enjoy bugging Pete. But I'll, I, I promise I'll mostly drop it. 
Hardly Working uh, writes, uh, love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you. What kind of schemes and or plays would you like to see guys like to see Vogel and his staff implement or run more? Aside from the obvious LeBron and AD pick and roll. I know we're predominantly a LeBron and AD go to work team, but it'd be nice to see a few more set plays, particularly involving Kuzma. Well, that's kind of where I was going to go. So far this season, they've used Danny Green as the guy who kind of comes off screens. I think that's kind of a mistake. He's a much better shooter when his shoulders are squared to the basket. So what I'd like to see is uh, have Kuzma assume more of the role of coming off screens and getting the ball on the move with his shoulders not fully squared to the basket uh, just because he's more of a dual threat. And because that moves Green into a spot where he can be a little bit more useful and more consistent than he's been so far this year. The other thing I'd like to see is more LeBron and and, uh, Rondo pick and roll. If you're going to have Rondo and LeBron out there at the same time, I think those guys need to work off of each other and not just kind of take turns. I don't think that really does anybody any good to have Rondo and LeBron taking turns because mathematically speaking, you want LeBron to take all the turns there. So that's kind of how I would like to see a couple just kind of concepts that I would like to see from the Lakers. Uh, The other thing I'd like to see is just run more set plays, like just in general, because I, I, I feel like it is a lot of, hey, let's run the LeBron play this time. Hey, let's run the Anthony Davis play this time. Okay, it's been a while, so let's run the LeBron and AD play. Um, I'd like to see a few more uh, set plays to get guys some more designed looks. Right now, it's a lot of uh, it's more of a system approach to the to the game that the Lakers are using, where it's more you know, all right, if that player goes there, I have to work off of that read and 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 adjust or whatever, make my cut here based off of what's going on elsewhere on the court. I would like to see a few more possessions, especially you know, later in the game that feature sets and design looks and design second and third options that the Lakers can get to because that's one of the things that this team has done a really good job of is if they are presented a set or if they run a set and the first option isn't there, they've been very good at getting to the second and third options, uh, forcing the defense to rotate and taking advantage when it does. And I'd like to see more of that just in general. Let's go uh, one more question here before we throw it a break. Uh, Kai Kai Killa writes, Hey guys, I know it's trade season now that December 15th has uh, passed, so I had a few scenarios to bounce off you guys. My first is Kuz straight up for Lonzo. We could really use some true point guard help and maybe get someone like Iggy on the buyout market to replace Kuz. Um, and Zoe isn't being maximized on that Pelicans roster. My next trade is KCP and Kuz for Bogdan. Uh, let uh, last one will be KCP in a second for Derrick Rose. Thanks, guys. So KCP isn't probably going anywhere. He has that no trade clause, and <clears throat> uh, if if he's moved, it won't be to like Detroit. If KCP is moved, it would probably be to somewhere like New York, a bigger market where he can get a few more touches than he's getting right now for the Lakers. Uh, Kuz can't be traded for Lonzo because. It hasn't been a year since the Lakers traded Lonzo, so you can't reacquire somebody uh, within a year that you've traded away. So those 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 trades, I don't think, are, are probably going to happen. Look, the, the problem with the Lakers trying to trade anything is 
you are probably going to be trading an important part of the rotation. And to this point, the Lakers chemistry has been one of the backbones of the Lakers. And you mess with chemistry as soon as you lose a chunk of the rotation and then assign it to somebody who hasn't been there from the beginning. So I think they've been to this point, a little wary of any kind of a trade. I don't think they're making very many calls right now. Um, But as we get further into the season, and and especially if this uh, losing streak extends much further and the holes in the roster are made even clearer over that time, then, yeah, the chemistry becomes less important to risk and you just you you wind up having to fill whatever need that we've started to see over the last couple games and you know they could help they could use more help on the wing we'll see what Kuzma brings as he gets a little healthier and they can use a non point guard or a non Rajan Rajan Rondo point guard who can actually you know dribble and stuff uh, they would they would it would be nice to to get a couple of those spots filled but i think if they're going to do that it's going to be through the buyout market all right, let's take a, another quick second here, and when we come back, I'm going to finish off the show with a few more of your questions. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Money Mike H writes, what do you guys think of a G League team being moved to or being in Mexico City? I personally live 10 minutes from Mexico, quote unquote, uh, Iraq, basically gun battles every other day. Do you think it would be safe? I don't think the NBA would do it if they didn't consider it safe. Uh, there are obviously inherent risks. I, I as somebody who uh, grew up partially in El Paso, uh, which is right across the border from Juarez, and, and, and Juarez is widely known as one of the most dangerous cities in the world, uh, I saw firsthand some of the violence that, that went on over there and goes on to this day. So I understand the concern but I I, I kind of trust the NBA on this. If they felt like it was unsafe, they wouldn't think of this in the first place. They wouldn't send teams down there in the first place. Um, and they're trying to cultivate this relationship with Mexico um, and, and that that they consider important. And, and I'm interested to see how it goes. I, I'm interested to see how that relationship and how well a G League team down there will actually draw. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Laker Neasy writes, I feel like my last question didn't get submitted for some reason. Weird. I'll try again. What do you think of the G League experimenting with only shooting one shot, uh, one free throw to count for either one, two, or three points, uh, depending on the foul? 
But if you miss the front end, then that's it. No second shot. I'd have to guess it would be to help the flow of the game. Uh, but do you all see any potential problems with this? Would it give any distinct advantages to any players or teams? Thanks for all that you guys do. By far my Lakers um, favorite podcast right now. Uh, I appreciate that. So I'll start with the concept. I kind of understand it. I, I've never really had a problem with free throws, though, in terms of the flow of the game. That's just kind of how the game goes. If you really want to mess with the flow of the game, then I think there are other ways to go about it. I, I think the NBA has done a good job of limiting the, the number of timeouts that coaches can call at the end of games. You watch college basketball, and it's just timeout after timeout after timeout after timeout. And then uh, <clears throat> rule-wise, I think one thing the the Lakers should – or not the Lakers, the league should really – uh, focus on is transition fouls. They've started to kind of crack down on it, and the idea of the the, the basically making it a technical foul, uh, or or, or uh, you know the, you get your you shoot your free throw and then you get the ball back. I kind of like where they're going there, though. What I would prefer they do is implement some version of soccer's advantage rule, where if a player reaches out to foul somebody. You let the play continue until the the advantage is no longer there. And <clears throat> that would, you know, because transition basketball is the most exciting version of basketball. And, you know, players just reaching out and ending those plays before they can really happen, I don't think is very good for the game in general and definitely not the flow of the game, obviously. So I think I would start there before I mess with free throws, personally. In terms of the advantage that any team would get, I think generally speaking... There wouldn't really be much of, of an advantage gained. You know, maybe uh, if the Lakers shot fewer free throws, maybe there's a chance that their percentage goes up. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, there's there's a, you know, for, for like Dwight Howard, for example, he, he is shooting about, I think he's under 50% on the year. Uh, so if you take away one of those free throws, maybe his percentage technically goes up or the, his trips to the to the free throw line actually become more productive because all he needs to do is make one versus having to make two. Um, <clears throat> that would be interesting. But uh, overall, I, I think that would be a, a not the best place to start if you're looking to improve the, the flow or the pace of the game. Vegas Richard writes, Hey, Anthony and Pete, love the show. I have a challenge for you. I challenge you to come up with a better five-man roster to beat mine of only past and present Lakers. Magic, Kobe, LeBron, AD, and Shaq. You can pick anyone past or present in their prime. P.S. I'm only asking this show... Uh, I'm, I'm only asking this to show how spoiled we are as Laker fans. Doesn't it feel good to have a good team again? It does. It does. The losing lately has sucked. I'd like to... I'd prefer that the Lakers stop doing that. So, to beat <clears throat> the Lakers... Uh, if I was to beat the Magic, Kobe, LeBron, AD, Shaq team, I think that front court you're off to a a really good start there. I would maybe swap out Magic, um, and and you know maybe have another shooter out there. So whether that's a, a Danny Green or a Byron Scott or or somebody who can space the floor a little bit better there, um, and and I think that team is better than the one with with Magic on it. Uh, Pag Gong writes, I would love to hear both your and Pete's take on this issue. 
I'll go ahead and, oh, I think load management is BS. Isn't uh, this their job? If you're paid $30 million a season, followed by fans uh, who pay good, hard-earned money to see them play and they sit out despite being healthy, uh, that's mind-boggling. Are they not being paid on the basis of playing 82 games every season? I hope the NBA and Players Union would seriously take a look at this issue because it might just ruin this beautiful game. I will bring this up with Pete. I'm interested to see where his take is or where his stance is on that. The problem, so the thing with load management is the NBA is still trying to, and and professional sports in general are are really facing this issue where it's a competition, obviously, but it's also a form of entertainment, and I think some of the entertainment value is being risked because of the hyper competitive nature of the sport. So, in baseball. Mathematically and statistically speaking, you're better off trying to hit a homer than trying to get on base because now all you're doing is making it so that somebody else who isn't potentially as good as you are at hitting homers is now has to uh, hit that homer to get you home. And the chances of that happening or, or the chances of getting enough hits in a row to score you from first base that aren't home runs, uh, that that's really low. But what that has uh, produced is this current situation where guys are either striking out or hitting homers and defense is now no longer a uh, part of baseball really. And, you know, interestingly enough, baseball, the best, the most exciting plays tend to happen on defense where guys are making diving catches or crazy throws or double plays and, or plays at the plate. Those are the exciting moments and those are kind of gone because that's not really how the sport is played anymore. And and it's objectively smarter to play the way that it's being played right now. But it's not as entertaining. And that's, you know, here with uh, load management, it's that same kind of concept where you it is objectively smarter to rest guys over the course of the season so that they're healthy come playoff time. But that is putting at risk the entertainment of the sport because – now guy now people who go to the games to watch these superstars play well if they aren't playing because they're trying to stay healthy for the for the playoffs or to stay healthier over the course of the season that puts that that uh affects how entertaining how entertaining the sport is so balancing those things the idea of competition and success and doing what is best to to achieve that success and balancing that between uh, making the sport more entertaining because at its core people are paying to be entertained how do you how do you measure those things against each other and right now I think it's a little out of whack in the in the direction of the competition taking priority over it being entertaining for fans um, and you know, generally speaking, I think I'm I, I'm mostly against the idea of load management, um, but I, I I also understand uh, why teams do it. All right, I'm I'm gonna have to get out of here before my throat just fully closes up on me. Uh, I appreciate the questions that you guys sent in. I'm gonna relay a couple of these to Pete in tomorrow's show. Uh, for the way this week is going to go. Uh, I, I'm going to record tomorrow, so there will be a show on Christmas, uh, on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day, 
I will watch the game, and depending on how my day is going there with my family and depending on how the game goes, I will record uh, a quick show and just release it as soon as I can for Christmas, and then uh, I will not have a show for the day after Christmas. That'll be the show that I released on Christmas after the the the, the holiday game. So uh, get your guys. I, I just want to make sure that you guys understand what to look forward to this week, and then we'll resume the shows uh, as per scheduled as soon as we are a day removed from from Christmas. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Thank you again for those questions. Uh, if you are traveling for this holiday coming up, please be safe. Please do so safe. If you're seeing friends and family and meeting them out for drinks, please be safe as you do that. Uh, we all want to get through this holiday season and and be ready to welcome in 2020 um, in, in the best way we possibly can, both for the Lakers and, and, and in our own personal lives as well. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.